This is the Make Dementia Your Bitch podcast, where I explain how caregivers can lovingly respond to confusing or challenging behaviors and reconnect with family members living with dementia. The information in this podcast is for educational purposes and is no substitute for medical advice or care. everybody and welcome to episode 53, Wandering. Wandering is a common issue in people living with dementia, affecting about 20% of people who live in the community and up to 60% of those who reside in long-term care settings. There are three types of wandering behavior. The first is elopement where a person is trying to escape from an unfamiliar environment. You may see this in long-term care settings where someone is trying to leave the unit. The second is repetitive pacing. And the third is becoming lost. One of the reasons why wandering is such an important topic is 20% of the people living with dementia who wander die before they are found. And and that's a very sad statistic. The development of wandering behavior increases as the dementia worsens, and you'll usually start to see it in the moderate stage. The moderate stage is where the person can still perform many self-care activities, but can no longer live independently. Wandering behavior happens the most in Alzheimer's disease, but it can happen in the moderate to severe stages of the other dementias as well. Wandering can be triggered by a desire to escape from an unfamiliar setting, the elopement I mentioned a few minutes ago. Wandering behavior can occur because the person living with dementia is seeking social interaction, and so they're wandering around looking for someone to engage with. Or they may be looking for a specific family member. When people living with dementia go back in time, they may be searching for a parent or sibling who may have passed away some time ago. Sometimes people living with dementia feel restless or they're bored. And so they start to walk around to alleviate some of that restlessness and boredom. Other times, They may believe that they are still employed and they're attempting to travel to their job. How do you know if your loved one is at risk for wandering? Taylor Thomas and Aaron Ritter, who work in people living with dementia, have recently published an article in The Practical Neurologist, and they recommend asking yourself these two questions. The first question is, has your family member ever wandered away from their home? And the second, has your family member ever gotten lost while out in public? If the answer is yes to either of these questions, it is important to develop a neighborhood awareness and safety plan, which I'm going to describe in a couple of minutes. If the answer to either question is no, there are a few more things you need to consider, such as, does your family member seem disoriented at home? Or do they ask to go home even when they are already there? 
Does your family member become nervous in public or in crowded places? Does your family member believe they still work somewhere? Does your family member ask where other relatives are, especially relatives that are no longer alive? If the answer to any of these questions is yes, it would be a good idea to develop a neighborhood awareness and safety plan. The Alzheimer's Association website has some great resources for creating a neighborhood awareness and safety plan, and I have a link in the show notes. But to sum it up, first, find out if your city or county has a safe return service, like Project Lifesaver or MedicAlert. You can go to the Alzheimer's Association website and enroll in a safe return service through the Alzheimer's Association's partnership with MedicAlert, and the details are all there on the website. Second, you should let your neighbors know that your loved one has dementia so that they can call you if they see your family member outside. Third, keep a list of places your loved one is likely to wander off to, a previous home or work site or favorite restaurant. And finally, have a recent photograph available, a recent close-up of their face. The list of places that your loved one may wander to and the recent photograph will help police locate your loved one should they wander off. If your family member does wander, Thomas and Ritter suggest alerting police no more than 15 minutes after you notice them missing. Also, they recommend immediately searching areas that are in the direction of the dominant hand. So if the person is right-handed and you walk out of your house, you would turn right. If the person is left-handed, you would turn left and head off in that direction. Because for some reason, people tend to move in the direction of their dominant hand. They also recommend focusing the search within 1.5 miles of the home because oftentimes that's where the majority of people are located. The Alzheimer's Association also recommends checking ponds, tree lines, or fence lines because many people who wander are located within brushy areas. Ideally, you want to prevent or minimize episodes of wandering. And one of the best ways to do that is to make sure that your family member gets plenty of exercise during the day, especially walks outside, weather permitting. It also helps to have safe areas for walking both inside and outside the home. If you're trying to keep the person away from doors, you can use black tape or paint to create a two-foot rectangle in front of the door which may serve as a visual barrier. The person doesn't want to step in the hole and they will avoid that area. Other ideas include camouflaging doors with curtains or screens or posters of bookshelves. I've seen this work in long-term care units where they have taken pictures, poster size, or rather door size pictures of a bookshelf and they plaster it on the door 
and the person living with dementia walks right past the door. Other ideas include covering door handles with cloth the same color as the door and placing locks out of the line of sight, either high or low on exterior doors. Night lights are a good idea, and other strategies include putting alarms or bells on doors to let you know that a door is opened. And you can also place a pressure-sensitive mat in front of a door and at the person's bedside to let you know if they are moving around. Make sure that the environment is calm and without excessive noise, which can cause stimulation and the desire to exit. I recommend keeping the bathroom door open and other doors closed and keeping the light on in the bathroom, even during the day, to steer them in the right direction. You may also want to remove items that can trigger a person's desire to leave, such as coats, keys, pocketbooks, and wallets. Finally, Never leave a person living with dementia alone in a car. They may exit the car searching for you and then wander off. I've actually had people as well also decide to drive away in the car when they were left unattended. So that's uh, not a good idea. So sometimes you people ask me, what if it's earlier in the dementia journey, if we're at the mild stage of the disease. There are things you can do to promote independence while also keeping aware of the person's location. For example, putting the Find My Phone app on the phone or using some type of GPS monitoring device to make sure that you know where they are. It's also a good idea to start your day and, and check in with them and have a schedule and a plan and review doctor's appointments and activities. In fact, having a daily schedule is also a good way to minimize wandering in even the, the moderate stage. So those are some options to promote independence and maintain as much functional ability while still creating a safety net for your person with mild dementia and with whom you don't want them to get lost and to and anything bad to happen to them. Other things you can consider to promote as much independence as safely possible is you may want to consider having cameras installed around the home so that you can keep an eye and see where they are. I know there's some concerns about privacy and autonomy, but honestly, safety is, is extremely important, especially if you're in a situation where the person with mild dementia remains in their home and maybe you can't be there all the time having some type of monitoring system with both video and audio feed can be a good way to be alert if there is any change in the person's activities or if, heaven forbid, that they fall. 
So that pretty much sums up today's topic of wandering. I also wanted to thank the people who attended last week's podcast anniversary celebration. We had a really good time. I answered people's questions and it was nice to meet some of you who are listening. And I also wanted to say thank you to my daughter, Sarah, who sent me flowers on Thursday to commemorate the one-year anniversary of my podcast. If you have a question or comment, please feel free to reach out and, and send me the question or the comment, especially about future topics that you may want to hear discussed on the podcast. And I know this one's a little short, but the, I, <laughs> I think it's an important topic and I wanted to make sure I devoted at least uh, one episode to it. And if you enjoy the podcasts, you will love my book, Make Dementia Your Bitch. My book is available on Amazon, either print or via Kindle. And it's also part of the Kindle Unlimited program, so you can read it for free if you are part of that program. I will also be putting together a dementia education and support program. I will have more details about that in the next coming weeks. I'm excited to offer that. Okay, everybody, thank you for listening, and together we will make dementia our bitch. I hope you found this podcast helpful. Please rate and review on your favorite podcast platform so other dementia caregivers can find this podcast. If you are a caregiver for someone with dementia and need help understanding and dealing with these behaviors, please contact me. You can find me on Facebook, Make Dementia Your B, or email me, info at makedementiayourbitch.com.